0: All right, everybody. Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures podcast. I wanted to tell everyone about a new way that you can support us. We have a link now in the description of our, every single episode on Spotify, and it gives you a an option to donate to us. So we'd really appreciate if you would consider that. Um, the prices are literally anywhere from a dollar to ten dollars, so none of that's going to break the bank, but Um, If you enjoy our content, it's a way for you to support us and help us continue to get better equipment, record better episodes, and keep getting better podcasts out there for you guys to listen to. So we thank you for uh, taking the time to listen to us, and let's get into another podcast. (laughs) Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoor Adventures Podcast, brought to you by Yellow Hat Outdoors. All right, everybody, welcome to episode 59. I think that's what I just said. I'm already uh, second guessing myself here. I shouldn't start out with 59 because then I always forget. Um, Hudson is busy today, so it's just uh, old Glenn, but it's not just old Glenn because I got a guest in the house today uh lane gamble a returning guest how are you doing lane good a lot better
1: than that paddle from today
0: yeah me and lane got paddled today by uh, a fishing trip so we got out there um we went a little south of tulsa here and i think we both had our minds set on some big bass
1: tried then mother nature the wind started kicking up mother nature said otherwise yeah then yeah our, then our little helper
0: yeah i uh i had the bright idea you know it's one of those things we've talked about scout many times on here how she might be a duck dog how she might be a <laughs> fishing dog she's none of those she's a house dog and maybe a camping dog she can she can do keep her she can hike but other than that uh I think that she's just a pet now. so
1: Yeah, she, she's a good couch potato.
0: Yes, absolutely. I took her out in the canoe today. I told Lane, I was like, hey, I got the day off. You know, nothing going on. I'm like, let's take, I'm going to take Scout out fishing. If you want to meet me out there, like, feel free. And he was like, yeah, absolutely. And I was like, again, though, I'm taking Scout. I don't know how this is going to go. I'm sorry in advance. And um, I'm glad I said sorry in advance because –
1: yeah he, he made up for it he bought lunch yeah so we had some pretty good barbecue so
0: yeah let's just say uh after an hour and a half of her shaking and whining in straight fear sitting in my canoe that uh it was time for me to head back because i was out of patience so uh we fished out for a little while we had a it, it's been like man mid 60s and sunny for like two weeks now and i'm like oh yeah dude it's looking good and then just a couple of the days ago, it decided it's going to now be a northeast wind on today and be a little colder. So, yeah.
1: and we jumped the gun every year. We're like, oh, they're they're going to be spawning in February, no. not the case. <laughs> or, or at least we couldn't get to where they were spawning. We, it was it was a bad day.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was like, maybe. I mean, maybe some might be thinking, hey, maybe we're in a little pre-spawn or some who knows. Uh-huh. And um, that certainly wasn't the case because first off i didn't even really i I paddled across the whole lake but then i had paddled right back lane was in his little two man and uh whenever i got fed up i just texted him like just meet me at the boat ramp whenever i'll go oh you know just go kick dirt and kick rocks and get out of here i'm done but just let me know whenever you get back to the ramp or you're heading back and uh it
1: was it wasn't like maybe 30 minutes later i'm like i'm out there just pitching at a bunch of trees, I'm like, I, I think it's time to go. So by the time it's done, I'm going all the way right through the big water. I was I was shortcutting it. And about three hundred yards from where I need to be, the battery decided it was done. So I got to pedal against fifteen to twenty mile an hour wind all the way back to the i didn't even make it to the ramp i just pulled up in the camping site and told you to come get
0: me <laughs> yeah lane just called his uber when he got to shore because he was like, just paddled my happy little butt across this whole freaking lake and the wind did pick up it was just maybe five miles an hour at the start of the day and then yeah 15 15 maybe yeah, gust so- to 20 it was it got moving there, so thank gosh I wasn't out there <laughs> trying to paddle my freaking canoe backwards. I was sitting in the front seat, uh, paddling the opposite direction. So it was uh, a little bit of a crapshoot, but you know we we went out there, we tried for our chance at a double-digit bass and swinging and a miss. But hey. there's always the next few weekends. We still yeah. got time.
1: I say you got to throw the A rig around. I threw the eight-inch yep. Huddleston for you know two three hours we got two three hours worth of fishing probably of it, so. yeah
0: yeah now i i am just decided i'm gonna just commit to the a rig for the time being and just really try and um get used to it so that
1: that's me i'm, go- I'm gonna do the big bait thing pretty mm-hmm. much all this year and the jigs yes unless i'm fishing in tournament i'm not gonna not straying. do anything else just make myself do it yeah figure it out
0: yeah i mean i think that's the way to just kind of one of those you just got to put in, yourself in the situation and figure it out it's kind of like you got a stick shift tr- yeah. truck it's like only way i figure out how to drive this is if i'm trying to get back home so yeah, let's and, learn
1: and i know like i can only put the baits in the boat i'm going to use or i'm going to be over there oh Let's throw a Ned rig in there. I know that thing will uh-huh. do. And then as soon as I catch one on that, it's done. That's all I'm doing the rest of the day. Exactly. So, uh, I just don't even give that temptation no more or try not to. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. I don't have the self discipline to put up a bait that I'm catching them on. So, mm, me neither. But yeah, it's like, man, I, I'm just going to commit to the A rig till tell, tell spawning time, probably. And then summer, I'll go back to my usual uh Hey, we're going to habits.
1: Some big big bluegill swim baits at some and fish and see if we can get them real aggravated. I'm in. And, you know, they, they're they not very good neighbors. No, yeah.
0: Yeah, that'd be <laughs> awesome. I'm all in. It'll be fun to just get out there. I, every season, you know, you get through duck hunting season, it's like, well, I cannot wait to bass fish. And then it's like, you get done bass fishing, it's like, dude, dove, see dove, you're like, oh, my decoy's out, get some shells, and then it's like, Dear archer and then it's like just the next thing next thing and then next thing you know our wives haven't seen us in a few uh, years
1: and, and they know what they got when they got into it so
0: trophies is what yeah, they yeah. got
1: trophy husbands that's what we call ourselves
0: <laughs> yeah i'm not good for much that's for sure so
1: hey um i promise you you're better off than me i ain't good at nothing <laughs> or good for nothing whatever
0: yeah, I well, I'm certainly not good at anything. So, um but yeah, so today uh me and Lane yeah, doing some bass fishing. I'm starting to just think about that. I'm I'm excited and also it's just kind of like didn't have a lot going on and now is the time of year you you catch those big 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 girls. So um I was that's what we were going for.
1: Hey, and PSA to everybody, go wash your decoys. Go wash all your duck decoys, all your goose decoys. Just get them done, get them cleaned, get them put up. Yep. So next year, you don't pull them out, and it's a last-minute panic to wash all the mud off of them from the prior year, and it does not come off.
0: Yep. That's what me and Lane also did today is cleaned up all the decoys, put them in bags, get them dried out, and ready to rock because next season I want to be ready to go, not untangling a a year-and-a-half-year-old tangle of... (laughs) lines Uh, and stuff and yeah all that mud just cakes uh, on and pulls off a little paint with it And
1: Uh, a old man told me every day you need to make your bed and that translates into a lot of different pieces of your life it's just not figuratively making your bed like we're the preparation you know having a game plan on what you're going to do for the day that's just one of those things that i've i've come to find myself doing it more and more every day so it just makes the day so much easier on myself and the end of the end of the day i feel like i've accomplished more because i made my bed first thing out of the day i made my bed
0: yep so already we've accomplished Mm. something for next season yep we got the decoys cleaned up and ready and then i just got a new bag for my brand new ones i'm pretty excited about that our 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 little helper he
1: needs to hop on the ball too you that's know? right he, he did he's all about the hunt and then he dips on the cleaning
0: yeah that sounds about right that's what friends are for right yeah. abandoning you when the hard
1: work starts no no it, it it's all a big blended <laughs> pot it takes a little bit of everybody to make the world go around
0: yeah i'll wash decoys if he scouts an extra couple of yeah. days for
1: yeah me. We, we can pick that up i'm i'm a good housemate you should see me in my outfit
0: yeah, well, that oh, I don't want to see you in that outfit. Uh, you,
1: did what you just said.
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, um, I really brought Lane on today, uh, obviously, for some laughs and stories, but um, this time of year is also not just bass fishing. It's a time of year we start thinking about uh, spoonbill and paddlefish snagging. Lane is really the only person I know that does that often, or well, and so I figured let's bring him on. Maybe talk about some spoonbill snagging, um, and uh, you know, kind of get into it. So I guess first thing is that it's pretty cool. We've had some people um, like in Canada listening. Shout out to freaking um, carrot top, my guy. Commented on the last uh, Spotify uh, episode, asking about some crawfish questions and stuff wanted to talk a little more about that but um he probably doesn't know what a paddlefish or a spoonbill even is so can you explain uh, just visually what one looks like and what kind of it, fish they are what they eat maybe
1: uh if anyone's ever seen like a uh, like a hammerhead kind of that's kind of how it looks but it's just a singular bill going out the front it's like you know three to four and a half maybe five inches wide by maybe 24 inches long and it's just all neuroreceptors and stuff that's where they like pick up all their plankton they're, they're a dinosaur is what they are mm-hmm. and they they don't eat anything other than phytoplankton mm-hmm. and, and all so they're just filter feeders so uh, for everybody thinking what lure do i need to go spend you know 200 dollars to catch these things on you don't yeah,
0: no lures.
1: <laughs> just lead and some wire.
0: Yeah, yeah. so that's what's crazy is like they're these prehistoric, weird-looking... Yeah, it's like if you took a hammerhead shark and just turned it, you know, 90 degrees, mm-hmm. it's this big bill that kind of sticks out, and then they've got just this big o kind of mouth, and they feed almost like a whale or something, you know? It's they exactly just, like that. They just kind of keep their mouth open while they're, you know, swimming upstream and all the plankton and... Like, like a lot
1: of the time, they're lazy just like any other fish. You know, they want a free meal so that most of the time you can get them right on current seams mm-hmm. and stuff. They're just sitting right there on that current seam just inside, and they're just eating everything that goes by. And if if you get on a big one, it will always, almost always have mud on its belly because it's sitting on bottom doing what big fish do. That's be lazy.
0: Yep. They, got it. they don't get big with... Working hard.
1: No, no, they so. don't They don't grow big if they got to chase everything.
0: Yeah. And I, In this instance. I was about to say, I think there's some parallels to human beings there.
1: Yeah, I was <laughs> say, I'm a pretty big boy. I, I, I know where the feed bag is. So I don't have to go too far.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, these big ones, I mean, they just, they filter feed, eat plankton, all this stuff. Um, so, it's really, I mean, it's cool because, you know, a lot of fish we talk you know bass, walleye, pike, you know perch, what a, bluegill. They're all
1: predatory. All Whether predatory. Panfish or anything, they're a predator.
0: Yeah, and so like we have lures that look like prey that they attack. And uh that's not what spoonbill are. They're not predators. They eat plankton
1: and you can't really make a plankton lure. That's not really how it works. So we snag them. I give a challenge to the best fly tire ever. Like a number thirty-two <laughs> hook, probably is still going to be too big.
0: Yeah, yeah. Let's make a number sixty-four, maybe. And yeah, we'll be getting that's close. getting
1: started. Maybe like a one-twenty. One-twenty.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. So, uh, how you catch these things is you snag them. So, Lane is the only person I know, and I figured we would start with um, maybe some the first time he went out. Um, who'd you go with? How'd you kind of get started in that? So you want to tell us maybe about your first trip or your first couple trips?
1: Yeah, uh, it was a very, very hard first couple trips. Let's put it that way. Uh, We were racing motorcycles and some of my second family from the Stillwater area. We went and he, he kept talking about it and talking about, you know, you know, we're gonna go take you up on this offer. So we stayed in their A frame house right over a big pond right off the river. You know, we stayed there cooked out every night. You know, it was just a really good hangout. And uh we'd go down the river and stuff and uh we'd just you'd take a we'll talk about gear later, but you essentially you just go down through there and just rip your arm off. Just you're just dragging a a uh, barbless hook and a weight across the bottom, and uh, we went to about six different spots in that first day. The only thing we snagged was maybe a twenty pound carp. Jeez. And and you you know from experience it's 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 some work. It's hard work, yeah, hard hard work. And uh, so we get get back. Everybody's sitting there talking. We make some phone calls. They're like, oh no, we got some further up. We got them over X Y Z. We're like, okay, we we can do that. So we make a little bit longer of a trip, and you don't have to get up at the crack of dawn most of the time. It depends where you're going to how pressured they are. Mm-hmm. But you can only snag from like 6 a.m. to I, th- I think 10 p.m. Okay. On certain areas. So you look up on your regs and stuff, always double-check that stuff. Yep. But we headed up there. We got it. We seen the guy that invited us. He snagged one that was about 45 pounds. We we're like, oh, that just got the juices flowing. It's on. Uh-huh. Every, everybody started pulling a little. First day, I snagged one that was like 45 pounds. It Gosh. was, I thought it was the, I thought it was the biggest thing you, you could ever get your hands on. Then they're like, ah, that's a baby. I'm like, what do you mean? That's a baby.
0: <laughs> so that first day, like you worked just so hard all
1: day. For a carp, and, and and I thought it was a, uh-huh. so like, I, was yes, just, yes, I was just I was just I was just over the top, get it up there, and you see the gold on it, and I'm like, ah, oh, this ain't what we're after here. Yeah, freaking
0: crap! I didn't want one of these things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, you worked really hard the first day, and so is that like was after that first one you hooked where you're like, oh man, I'm in.
1: Yeah, I was I was fixated on it for at least, I could easily say like. 3 years. Okay. 4 years like that's that's all I cared about. Uh-huh. To be like honest, that was really. truly like your Yeah, like it I hate to say it'd put a bass to shame. The closest thing I've caught or that fought as close to a tuna as I've came across. Uh-huh. For, you know, weight to size to power ratio, that's probably the best fight, closest thing you'll get to saltwater. agree. I
0: mean, I've never caught, like, yeah, a 100-pound flat or blue cat or whatever, but I can't imagine. I mean, we don't even have fish much over in that 100-pound range anywhere. Yeah, maybe much a blue less. cat down on Texoma or something, but I... Yeah, maybe alligator gar
1: down in the Red River uh, or something,
0: yeah. but... I mean, but seriously, I've you're never, not... I've
1: never pursued them, so I can't talk from experience on that, but... Yeah, but, uh,
0: yeah, anyway, moral of the story, you hook a fish that size, and especially not always in the mouth, Yeah, and that takes the fight to the next freaking level.
1: You know, you hook them in the back, quarter, quartering up to the head from the back, from the dorsal fin, usually you can muscle them around. You hook one in the... the, the back dorsal or the tail you're in for it that's that's one of them that'll work you really okay you ought to know
0: i i know a little bit i know (laughs) a thing or two i'm slow playing my story here trying to (laughs) get to it whenever i get there but so yeah you got that first time under your skin and then for the next three four five years you're like all i want to do is just Mm -hmm. when Spoonbill season is here I'm getting out there.
1: Yeah, and it's usually from like the first of February to m- April, maybe March. It all depends on water flow and the temperature. If it's really hot, them fish they go back in the lake. Okay. You know, if, if it starts getting hot, hot. Personally, I don't like going for them because you know you could potentially kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, it takes them a long time to get to eighty yeah. pounds, let let alone hundreds. Yeah. Because we've caught, uh, I want to say, like four different ones over 100 pounds. One of them was three pounds off the state record when it just jumped to 115. That was like three or four years ago now. Wow. Yeah, and this was at a public area. Uh Like, we had everybody just watching. Yeah, like any
0: Joe Blow could have been the one, and Mm -hmm. it was y'all
1: yeah and that was the only time the game warden come and talk to us he's like that's the only time I've seen that fish of that caliber out of here and I'm like okay. and it's one of them things you get behind a stronghold it's all about reading the water and stuff and everybody was and good
0: job saying stronghold I'm it, gonna I'm gonna applaud you for that one that's it, good
1: they do just like they move down place waiting for you to get them
0: yeah yeah and so I guess that's probably another really uh, important point um these paddlefish are really a species with not a big distribution. You know, we think about bluegill, you know, all over the U.S., probably, you know, even into some lakes in Canada and Mexico and mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, you know, I mean, there's fish that have a huge wide range, rainbow trout, you know, everywhere in the world. They're not native everywhere in the world, but you know what I mean? They're but, still there. Right. And then you got these paddlefish,
1: they're only found in a really small part of the U.S. I think most of it's from the Mississippi River, tributaries that run into the Mississippi. Okay. If, if I'm correct, don't take my word for anything. But uh, most of the time, I will tell you, do not waste your time uh, west of I-35. Yeah. There's nothing over there. The tributaries you'll find them in is the Cimarron, the Arkansas, uh, the Neosho and the Verdigris River. Yep. Those are all the ones that I have firsthand experience. I don't know how it is down in uh, southeastern Oklahoma behind Kerr or anything down there. I I can't speak, but I feel like they would be there. Uh, behind Denison Stronghold. That that's the outlet of Tex, Texoma. Oh yeah. Uh, there's down in that. Are river, Are there some in there? Yep. Yeah, down. Really. In, I think that's the Red River.
0: Yeah. That'd be yeah. the Red.
1: Yeah, there's some down, down there. I've been down there striper fishing before, and you see them coming out, you know, surfacing in the summertime. Wow. Because they will jump out of the water wow. like in the summertime. You'll see the bills coming out and stuff. But uh-huh. It's kind of rare occasion.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. I didn't know that. So, yeah, I mean, really, I mean, you're in the U.S. The, I mean, probably, I'm going to say highest percentage chance you got probably is northeast Oklahoma.
1: Yes, I mean, 100%. it's
0: probably the biggest concentration. And nowadays, I mean, I think I think two they, years ago, probably going to be your biggest fish.
1: The world, like, uh, I'm pretty sure they announced that like Oklahoma is the world, like, the place you go if you want to snag a world class fish. Yeah, and there's guides around that specifically that's all they're after. Yeah, them one between the, they they get on them
0: which is crazy. Yes it is. Yeah, so anyway, yeah, I guess back to what we we're saying, I mean, they're found in a very small part of uh, you know, the US and then an even smaller part of Oklahoma. Just really, I mean, you want to focus your efforts, you're going to stay uh east of I-35, probably
1: north of I-40. That that's where I've had my most experiences mm-hmm. and I've I've been very successful with it for yep. the last I don't know, since I was 16. Uh-huh, yeah. I'm about, I'm 28 now, so I got a few years of doing yeah. it. 10 or 12 years? Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. So, yeah, I mean,
1: there, it's a cool, it's cool, and I mean, the time is just ahead of us, so. And for all you waterfowlers, you know, they banned the spoonbill just like they banned waterfowl.
0: Isn't that crazy? Yeah,
1: I, I got one on my lanyard right there from the Arkansas, uh-huh. I, I've been part of. Can I re- see it? Yeah, yeah. Here you go. I know. You, I remember you sending me sending me a picture whenever you guys got it, but yeah, I've been part of three. Uh, it's the top one right there. This one. Yep, right there. You'll what just, is this one? Uh, that's just a. Oh, just uh, just a gimmicky one. Yeah. That should say A. I think it's three eight two or something on it. So that designates the A is for the river it was caught out of, and the, and the number of fish. The, you yeah. Know when they tagged it and stuff, and they have all that information so cool. Yeah, I've been part of five or six of them
0: being uh-huh. snagged,
1: okay, and stuff, and uh, a lot of them just wanted to let them go and be that treasure for someone else. And yeah. that's that's the cool thing for this versus uh waterfowl. Most of time, when you find a band on waterfowl, it, it, it's not flying away,
0: yeah, yeah, and especially um. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I don't know if we see it. It's, we're, it's probably safe to fly away because yeah. we're not going to it. I'm not
0: going to hit it. That's for dang sure.
1: I don't know. Un- unless you're as salty shooting as you was on that video, your yeah. last duck hunt. Yeah. I don't I don't know.
0: I don't know if I said anything about that on here. Yeah. But, yeah, the last day of the season, me and Noah snuck out. Lane was on call for work. Couldn't go. <sighs> Little Pretty two-man God. show up. Came up the ice is there i'm like crap we're in the same spot that the ice screwed us over we saw some birds in there a few days before but we were like you know what like we're just going doesn't matter what and so i had this idea and it actually worked really good and i don't know if i even told you about this but i was like so the ice looks horrible when you break a punch so let's break a really small part so i walked out so i took one trail back and forth broke, I mean, a really small circle, like six feet circle. And then uh, all that ice, you know, I kind of pushed under or set on top. And then I put decoys around on the ice that was broken to kind of cover it up as sleepers. And then I put one or one decoy or two decoys in the hole and then my jerk string. So I think I had, you know, dozen and a half or two dozen decoys out there most were around the hole and then there was like three in the hole so we could have a little movement and then also just all these sleepers and dude we had teal sliding it i mean we probably had 50 60 birds before sunlight land or before shooting light and i was like oh baby
1: like they were actually landing and sliding. oh in yeah eyes. dude
0: sliding in it was oh it was awesome and then, uh, yeah, me and Noah got a little two man limit. Thank gosh, we redeemed my season because I was almost I'll say, oh, it's in a dark we, place.
1: I'll say that weekend before, we were coming off the high of shooting that five man out at Sooner. Yeah. Yeah. And I was a middayer too. I mean, we, mm-hmm. we got to pick and choose what we wanted to shoot. So it was a. It was a good one,
0: man. Yeah, but no bands for us this season.
1: Yeah, no. Maybe next year. Yeah. Maybe in 10 years. I don't know. Well, yeah. (laughs) Maybe never. We never know about them things.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I've never, I've only gotten one, but I need a Uh, duck band, I think.
1: Oh, I don't even want to talk about how you got that. (laughs) Because I remember getting the invite and we were like, no, we're going to go teal hunting. Uh huh. Yeah.
0: Bad idea, brother. (laughs) But anyway, so yeah, these paddlefish even have bands sometimes. And you said you guys caught four or five
1: bands. Yeah, over. That's cool. Like we caught uh, two of them in the same year, and they were on different. They were not in the same place. Really? Like that's cool. Like we they they do some moving just like we do, and I'll I'll tell like the migration patterns of them uh-huh. whenever they get. A, a lot of it depends on uh, water. Yes, you.
0: So is this kind of what you start? So April looking for mm-hmm. at the beginning, you know, whenever you're like, where do I want to fish? Yeah. This is what you're looking for. Yeah.
1: Cause, uh, I've never found, uh, water to be too cold for them. I've never, okay. I've never, you know, it, I've, I've been out there when it was 20 degrees outside and it was moving water and guess what? We were still catching them and it was in the middle of January. And, uh, but the biggest thing you need to look for is your water movement, you know? Uh, spring rains, the, them fish, know. That's good. Yeah. The the more water moving through most of the time, the better, because it'll get them pulled up in the lake itself. Up Most of the time, they'll move straight up to the mouth, just okay. like sand bass would before yep. they run. Uh-huh. They're all sitting there. They're all staged up. They're ready to go. Only thing they need is that click of either rain, something's got to make them want to go. But once they start, it's usually... Hundred percent till they find something that blocks them, which is a good place to start. Mm-hmm. Anything that they cannot get up over a ledge or a stronghold or anything like mm-hmm. that is a really good way to do it. Or uh, if they have good bottom structure, you know, if they you know. Mm-hmm. So if you can find something like that in a hard bend on a river channel, hard bend on the outside is always going to be the deepest part, and. They'll sit in there and There's you know. a big old hole down there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll just sit in that big hole and that's where they'll lay their eggs and stuff and then as soon as they lay them, they're headed right back to so once that window of them laying their eggs, you gotta catch them on the backside and they're they're back in the lake. There are some that just stay in the river, and get caught in the river, you uh-huh. know, they can't get out. Yeah. But
0: But so yeah, the majority of that pattern is they live in the lakes most of the year. Mhm. And then they're moving up out of these lakes.
1: Yeah, and I can't, I can't help you with like if you want to live scope them or anything. I don't know. Yeah. like their lake patterns yeah. or so, but I could only imagine. You know, wherever uh-huh. the current is flowing. If you're on a big current lake, you know, mm-hmm. if they like, uh, like Fort Gibson would be a good example. Mm-hmm. They're usually always pushing water. Or Keystone, they're pushing water. So if you find the creek channel, I imagine you could find some. it'd take a little bit of time but just the process of doing it
0: yeah kind of put the pieces together yeah 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 a lot of those guys now for those really big ones i mean you know the the guides are spending all day on the water watching that live scope they're earning it and they they figure out where they are they watch them you know grow get bigger and they get them dialed in so they're working hard for that
1: yeah and that's what i will say the ones that go out there and catch the the ones off of Keystone and stuff, the ones that do the actual state records and stuff, there's one of them that's caught multiple state records. Yeah, and Uh, like
0: back-to-back. Like um, I remember he... Like two
1: or three times in in the same year, I think. I'm going to look up what the uh, pound weight is. I think it's like 123 pounds or something now. Dude, I thought it was bigger. Uh, It might be. But, uh, yeah, if, if you're going to go with a guide and stuff and go that way, they... It's just not to go out there and just get them deal. They they work for it, so don't think that they got these things tied up somewhere. And don't be afraid to go out with a guide to kind of get your hands-on experience, or reach out to other people that's been doing it, or anything. You know, ask somebody to, for you to go with them, tag along, buy them lunch if they take you. You know, that's right and. and <laughs> that's cheap that's cheap guide service for me you buy me lunch i'll take you anywhere <laughs> oh yeah
0: oh yeah um here it is are you ready for the world the state record it is the world record yeah. too. 164
1: oh my god
0: <laughs> so the guy it was the same guide service um in the same lake, I think, caught, you know, a world record a I few I think he caught, like, two weeks or three before. of them,
1: in, like, back to back to back to back.
0: Yeah, and then, yeah, so the most recent one uh, was 164. Golly. And that was in 2021. Crazy, yeah. crazy. So, I mean, you can imagine that. And so, um, why don't you talk us through a little bit? So, uh, we've talked about, you know— they're in Oklahoma, where they're kinda at, usually in the northeast. You know, you mentioned those river systems. Um, we've mentioned that they when they're running, they are stopped by obstructions in the river, so you can look for those and then go downstream, probably find a little bigger concentration. Um, but talk us through a little bit about how you actually go about snagging them. So I, I got to go the one time um with you to northeast Oklahoma. Oh yes, yes. And um, it
1: was like a guide trip. We had like twenty people.
0: It was crazy. Yeah, you had truly more people than I could imagine, and you were just running up and down, making sure everyone had you know hooks and weights and stuff. So we explain um, maybe how you set up, like okay. the yeah, you know, like the, the, rig-
1: the rigging part of yep. it and everything,
0: and then also explain then kind of the rod. And then we'll talk about techniques after that. Okay. Uh,
1: the rigging, uh, you you'll have to use you either use a single hook or a treble barbless. Cannot emphasize enough barbless. You that's will the get regulations. A, yes, that's the regulation, and you will get a ticket. I've seen people crimp the barbs down with a pair of pliers. I I don't give the chance. I don't yeah, give you're the just ammunition. Straight
0: up by yeah, the barbless just from the streets. buy the, the store. barbless. Yeah.
1: And uh, I usually do 10-aught. I've never been able to tell the difference between 10-aught and 12-aught.
0: <laughs> that is so crazy to be 10-aught.
1: <laughs> yeah, and then uh, then you go, and the, the way I do it is I do a double granny knot with a big loop on it where I can interchange my weights because a lot of the time you're in a lot of current and stuff. You know, I start with two ounces as my go-to, and if I'm not able to sit it there and it stays, Put if it's bouncing with the current, I keep upping it. I keep up. I've I've thrown all the way to fourteen ounces before. (laughs) Holy crap! And this is on eighty pound braid.
0: Hang on, hang on. So your your weight, you're you're doing a two to up to maybe as much as it takes. As much as it takes to stay steady in the current. Um, And you tie a loop knot so that you can do that loop through the... Yeah, you just um, take your
1: doubled over loop. You go mm -hmm. through the eye of your weight and you bring the loop through it and pull it up and it'll look like a half of a uh, clover leaf. Yeah. And uh, if it's not enough, guess what? You can just push it, pull your weight off, put it on versus Uh keeping cutting and tying because you got to snail your treble hook on there because a snail is not a knot. It it is a hundred percent strength. So if you have eighty pound and a half, uh, you snore. If your weight goes over one of them's back and stuff, you you know, you know you're from the bottom of your hook to your weight is too long. So the best thing you can do is take your tag end with your weight on it and do some loops around the legs of the hook. Get it? And shortened that, up. Yeah, and that'll shorten it up because you're pulling line up from the weight. So that'll bring your hook point further down and you just got to keep dialing it and dialing it and then once you figure it out you'll get them about the sweet spots about four inches below the back
0: whenever you to where you hook mm-hmm.
1: the w- whenever you do snag them for the middle. most part you don't have 100 percent control of that right but y- you do see hookup improvements and i've even seen you land a lot more of them gotcha whenever you get them in it, it, it's just a little bit tougher meat uh-huh. right there. And if you get them on the curve of their body, the point will go in and most of the time they'll come out whenever they turn. So you got your full hook in them versus just poke through the side. Gotcha. Gotcha. So it's kind kind of like pins them up, right? Like like uh-huh. a, like a good jig hook would do in the corner of a bass's mouth or anything like yeah. that.
0: Yeah, so your big weight is below.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then this four to maybe eight inches above is the hook.
1: Yeah, about about a foot, foot and a half. Eight, if, you, okay. if you give more, because sometimes they come off the bottom. You, yeah, it's, you just kind of got to dial it in.
0: Okay. But, uh, so you've got, you've got your weight and then a section of line, maybe a foot, foot and a half, could be more, could be less, depending on where they're actually at. And then you've got this barbless treble hook. Yep, that's or, nailed on. Yeah, and, that's
1: and I just run the braid all the way through. I've seen people that will take like thirty pound mono and go from the hook mm-hmm. down. I just don't like it because it's not pulling in the center of the barb. You know, what I mean, you got your three legs. It's not pulling dead center of it. If it's snelled, it will. Okay. If, if you tie it on the end, it, your hook's going to be crooked. I, yeah, I just that makes sense. I don't like that. Okay. Yeah, but that's something to do if you if you're really. Sh- if that's how you feel like you need to get away with it, that's mm-hmm. just how you can critique it to whatever. This is just how I do
0: it. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm probably the theory, I mean, that's kind of, we do sometimes some stuff like that, fly fishing with a smaller line weight. So if that bottom flop, you're 85-pound braid. Sorry, pal. It's not
1: happening. <laughs> no, and and if you do get it hung up, you just you just wrap it around your reel two or three times. The real base uh-huh. and pull straight back on it. Don't bend your rod. That's how you be- that's how you break them things. Yeah, and just pop it. Come back, tie you another double get double granny knot. Get you another loop in it and keep going.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that's cool. So yeah, big weight, big hook. You're
1: I, throwing it out there, and I, I can do a demonstration. If, like if you would like, to, yeah, let's do a video like, on it. Like a video or uh even take pictures of it we can do that for if people are really interested you can look up just how to snell a knot
0: yeah that's true yeah. a
1: hook and is is very simple it's just very intimidating because you got a big chunk of iron to get yep. to
0: yeah yeah so it's kind of an intimidating rig but yeah you got this weight you got a hook and so then like we said you're snagging the fish they're not biting anything you're not doing any bait or lures um you're in these areas of current and you're usually below an obstruction or like lane said in a bend in a river where there's a deep hole still a lot of current still a lot of food that gets concentrated kind of pushed against there um so talk us through how you actually like how you cast that out there and then kind of retrieve it
1: uh it is just your normal i like to do it with spinning gear just because you do not have to worry about a backlashes C most of the or B most of the time spinning gear anybody can operate. Yeah. And and I will say like I, I use saltwater gear most of the time. And I will say like the rods can vary from seven foot. I like I have a seven foot, I have a twelve foot, ten foot, I have a I have a sixteen foot, I have a fourteen foot. And it's all situational. Yeah. But like if you got a cast out there. There, there's some people that can throw an eight foot rod good. There's some people that need the ten foot. Mm-hmm. I will say, get away with the longest rod possible because you need it to be able to load on the hook because it does not have a barb to keep it in there. So you have to keep the rod loaded using the rod as a a shock. Yeah. And you just got to keep your line tight at that point. It gives you more leverage.
0: Yeah. And if it's shorter, then you it's harder to do mm-hmm. that. Doesn't well, bend as you, much. You've
1: and... seen. You've had that firsthand. Yeah. Before. Yeah. and uh, But the technique for it, most of the time if I see a current seam like halfway out and there's a big pool, eddy, anything like that, I'll usually cast 50, 50 foot in front of it, let it hit bottom. And depending, like, I always use my dominant arm as my cranking arm. Okay. Some people use their dominant as their pulling arm, but you will take the rod and... Depends on bottom, too. If it's all sandy bottom, you can just sweep horizontally. Go from your 12 o'clock to your 3 o'clock. Reel it up, 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock. If it's a very rocky bottom and stuff, you go from dead in front of you at to almost a little bit shy of vertical. Because you don't want to go all the way vertical and there's something you get hit right at the very end of it you're working backwards and most of the time you're yeah. not going to set it hard enough to get into it
0: yeah yeah so like you know i guess we could say zero to 70 degrees up maybe not quite tonight m- maybe 60 or something. 60 yeah obstructions all your start so yeah people there he's gonna say it this is
1: probably pretty abnormal it's foreign I, to everybody. Like, until you do it a couple of times, you just, it's just...
0: It is. It's like
1: alien kind of stuff.
0: It just doesn't quite make sense. And also, it doesn't help me that I never used, like, a spinning reel growing up. <laughs> That's kind of, like, weird, I, and I'm... I, I think I had that 10-foot with a bait caster I gave
1: you, I think. I don't... I thought I had a spinning reel. You might have. Somebody else might have had other one.
0: I think so, because I had a spin. I'm pretty sure I had a spinning reel, and, like... You got, I mean, two ounces is heavy, much less if you got four or six on there or mm-hmm. 14. Um, and so I'm like, so, in, I'm like, I don't even know how to cast this kind of big of a rod. And so, yeah, just such like a big learning curve for me. We got, um, you know, we got to this bend in the river. And you got eighty-five pound braid and a heavy, heavy weight, so you really got to be careful. And, because and, and
1: tape your finger, I will say. Yeah, that's if where you, I was if going. If you ain't got a casting glove, just I, I take some one one-inch electrical tape. Don't or
0: uh, or don't, duct
1: tape. Yeah, or whatever. Just don't do it tight where it cuts circulation off to your fingers. Yeah. But you just lightly put it on there, and you put it right in the crease of your finger. That's the easiest way cuz I've seen people about cut the end of their finger off with it. Mm-hmm. And I I've, I've been guilty of it myself.
0: Yeah, I mean that's what braid does, is it? Cuts, it cuts. through things. So that's why you would want to use it maybe in situations where um you know you got a lot of grass or whatever, mm-hmm. but really you're using it in this situation cuz it's the strongest with the smallest diameter you can yeah. use. So yeah, I mean, I'm out there trying to learn how to cast this thing. I got my tape on and slinging it across the river and lane's not lying when it's hard work i mean i was sitting there and you know you're at first,
1: bruised ribs
0: yeah at first i was you know doing pretty good kind of with my arms and then after a while like i just had to just get my whole torso and core into it mm-hmm. just you know sweeping and, across and the stinking Andy river and
1: just reel you, okay you yeah. got to get some more feel for it but you can reel and you can feel when it's on a fish and then you can set but then, that's kind of
0: that's it, an advanced
1: it, technique. Not advanced. It just it depends person to person. I've had 8-year-old uh-huh. kids that's like that's a fish and that yank it and that's a fish and I've had other people that's fish and it's it's the biggest log that yeah. you ever seen.
0: <laughs> and I'm good at catching those. So yeah. yeah, so I'm just out there, you know, jacking around. I I don't I never did snag one until <laughs> it was getting towards the end of the day and lane's like all right let me get out here and i'll put in some work here Uh, i've done enough i've got everyone on some fish
1: i think i just casted it for you i made you retrieve it oh really i think you were getting right in front of the eddy yeah i don't get right into that pocket
0: yeah so boring and it it was
1: like 150 feet like (laughs) it was it was a long
0: ways it was a long it was a long long cast to do yeah and i didn't I don't know. Again, all this stuff is pretty foreign to me. I'm like a bass fish only kind of guy, perch and stuff. Snobby fisherman. I'm a little snobby guy, yeah. (laughs) And uh, so we uh, got out there and. I'm working my tail off, and Lane's finally like, "All right, buddy, come on, let me show you how to cast it out
1: there." I, I, I think everybody else was tired of catching fish, and I'm still out there just doing my thing. Yeah, one, I'm sitting there, <laughs> I kind of about throwing in the towel at that point. I'm like, everyone else
0: is freaking catching them. I haven't caught crap. And, and
1: we were catching good ones like this. all day. The smallest one was like maybe fifty. Yeah yeah and i have pictures to prove all of this yeah we had kids from <laughs> six years old all the way to some older gentleman that was with us that was almost 60 out there doing it and and catching them yeah we we were wearing them out
0: yeah and so yeah i got to the end of the day finally lane's like probably getting embarrassed of watching me struggle and <laughs> cast it out there for me and uh Man, I do the sweep, and I felt something, and then I swept even harder, and I just kept pulling. I'm like, and then that line started going. I'm like, what the heck is this? And Lane is not lying when he said it's like the hardest fight you can get without a tuna because, I mean, this thing put me to work. It it showed you who's boss. It did. I'm like- I understood now like whenever people talk about like something like a fighting a fish that's stronger than you because I'm like I've got two hands on the rod leaning back with all my body weight and it's still like it's just taking it yeah it's showing me who's freaking boss it's crazy so finally I started getting this thing in pull it up and you know it's like 55 pounds probably Probably one of the small, mind. I was so Fat. I yeah think for
1: another thirty. Minutes. Put, a, put a little. Uh, then we had to go step. get some Mexican food. You know, that's right. <laughs> but
0: yeah, it was crazy. It felt so good to you know hook up with that thing and then actually get my hands on it. I was like, this is freaking cool. So I, it was it was just cool experience. So I don't. It's it's something that not everyone does. It's something that I more people should try. I think.
1: Is the easiest way to get into catching a big fish?
0: Yeah, yeah. In the biggest fish, probably in Oklahoma, you're gonna catch.
1: Yeah, and like there, there's been a bunch of people. I know a ton of people. They're like ten pounds is biggest like catfish I've ever caught. Or you know, like ten pound. Everybody has their own definition of a big fish. Mm-hmm, that's and like, true. And like that was one of the things that drove me to towards. I would take anybody and their dog. Like they, they could call me tomorrow, and I'm like, okay, give me a little bit. Let me figure it out. Uh-huh. And uh, I'll call you. You yep. just better be ready because whenever <laughs> I give you the phone call, you better answer. We're going. <laughs> yeah. Cause, but I could not tell you how many people I've took out. And, you know, they catch 70, 80 pounders, and they're just over the moon. They're over the moon with a 40 pounder. I'm like, no,
0: nah, you don't get your... I can have a picture of mine over here like, man, just crazy. I mean, I never would have thought in Oklahoma I would catch something that, like, I'm struggling. I'm like... It's it's a workout to just pick it up,
1: uh-huh. you know. Like much I, less friggin'. I remember that thing, and whenever you go to pick these things up, be careful. <laughs> be careful, because their bill is like a two by four. Let me tell you, he can. It, it sounded just like someone got hit.
0: The, that sound of someone getting hit was Lane yeah. with one of their freaking paddles just smoked him.
1: <laughs> yeah, if, if you go to pick one up, grab it by the tail, grab it under the belly, and try to keep it horizontal. I got it is really deep sinking mud, so I was trying to get out of there fast. So I just grabbed it by the bill and the tail, and it manhandled me. I've had I've had multiple of those hooks stuck in my arm all the way down to the bend. With a four ounce weight hanging out that I've had to pull out, you know, go, go get a shot out of it. There's, there's a lot involved.
0: You are, you're always having to go to the doctor for that kind oh, of stuff. man. Hooks,
1: crackheads. Yeah. I had, a, I had one back into me with a dump truck Monday, so <laughs> I got, I got to do something about all these things.
0: Freaking awesome.
1: Um. Uh, <laughs> well uh there was
0: one other thing i wanted to ask you about with all this um so we've talked about you know where they're at talked about you know kind of how to catch them some um gear and stuff like that um riddle me this one
1: do you eat them how do they taste Uh, I I eat them. It's kind of like a group thing. Like, we'll Mm -hmm. only take like one fish a year. And we try to shoot for like 60. And I think you get one a year, right? Uh, I think you get two. You check the regulations. But if you do go out and want to keep one, if you put a stringer in it. It's yours. And tag it, you're done for the day. You do not pick up that rod. You will get a ticket. You will. This is something that they highly watch because most of the time it's a very... A lot of people in a little area, so that gives them prime deal to sit there and watch everybody. They know what you're doing and not doing. Mm-hmm. So everybody needs to check the regulations, and I'm I'm a firm believer. I'm pretty thorough myself, and like like you seen that day, I made sure everybody had everything they needed yep. before I let them do it.
0: Yeah, and there's different, yeah, little tags and stuff mm-hmm. that you got to have for all that.
1: Just to keep some duct tape and a sharpie. With you, you know, you put it on their bill, you know. And uh, eating them myself, I usually, uh, I will not eat the belly flap. Uh-huh. I usually will cut that off. I'll cut all the dorsals off, uh, cut the head off, and just ring cut the tail because it's all that spinal. Okay. It, you, They're boneless.
0: Yeah, but, they're all cartilage, right? Yeah,
1: but like all the nerves and stuff right there through their spine, you can take it and twist it like a... Like a pepper shaker. uh uh-huh. You can twist it, and if you do it right, you can pull all that out. One Wow. One run of it. Got it real good. I cut it from the belly flap at the top of it all the way down, all the way. Cut off all the fins. I cut it into steaks, and I take the skin off. Okay. I usually do like one inch, one inch or three-quarter, because they cook down a little bit. They're kind of like a mixture of salmon and catfish. Usually, we... Uh, these for people to try. Come on, people process. High heat for maybe two minutes a side. Uh-huh. Throw it on plate. Eat it like mm-hmm. salmon. Have on. Have at it. Yeah, that's how I do it. That's awesome. Or or, or if you have a big outing and a bunch of kids and stuff, uh, we used to cut it into like one-inch squares, and we'd deep fry it. Okay. J- just like regular fish, and they eat it up. Yes,
0: pop them in. Yeah, I like chicken nuggets,
1: And <laughs> fish nuggets. And I will say if... Doing this you're gonna get a lot of bycatch like gar, buffalo, carp. Mm-hmm. If you want a poor man shrimp, you can take the back strap out of a of a gar. It's a little bit chewier than shrimp, but it has the exact same taste to me.
0: That's so crazy, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Poor, poor folk got poor ways. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they make it happen. They make but, it happen.
1: But they're they're not for everybody. But yeah. I mean they're they're pretty good at the table fare, especially like I like it because I I can sit there put a little lemon on, it, and every time I take a bite, I'm like, man, this this was what made it all worth it. And most of the time, it's the fellowship around everybody because most yeah. of the time we do it in a big setting. Yeah. Everybody's talking. Everybody telling stories about, oh, I got this one, or he he show he missed that one. You know. Uh huh. I've about had my finger cut off by a spoonbill before. Remember, it was that same outing. Someone broke off, and I was picking up pick up all your line. Uh-huh. Don't don't trash anything. I'm picking it up, and I was just wrapping it around my hand. It was still hooked to the fish. I
0: forgot about that.
1: And it surfaces, and I'm over there just getting it off of my hand as fast as I could. Uh-huh. We still ended up getting that fish. Did we really? Yeah, it was one of them things, though. I found a log, you know. Uh-huh, and we wrapped got in, it around. The fish was released and everything, but
0: and I will say,
1: please pick up after yourselves.
0: Yeah.
1: It is getting harder and harder. Like, we see it. Way more probably than the average Joe because we're out in it all the Mm -hmm. time. But we pick up stuff that's not ours. We pick up – the last time we went duck hunting, we were picking up shotgun shells that weren't even ours. Yeah. You know, we be a steward of the land. Pick up after yourself. Yeah. Ain't ain't nobody your mama out here going to pick up after you.
0: Yeah. And just, I mean, we're – I mean, I kind of believe that we're entitled to, you know, all of our public lands. Pretty – I feel pretty strongly about that, I, but also I, I don't
1: give them no ammunition to absolutely. take it away from us. Yep. Yep. Everybody wants to complain. They done this or David done that, you know, there's something you could have done. Yeah. So don't be just complaining start doing something about it. Cause mm-hmm. I know I'll be mad if it gets to that point. Like if I ever have kids or anybody, everybody wants to take their kids to have a good experience. Yep. Like do, do it for the next generation. Don't, don't be selfish.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We don't It's not unlimited. These your plastic Mountain Dew bottle you would leave next to your uh, freaking you know where you've been sitting all day, it's not going anywhere. It's going to be there forever. So no, just pick it up and throw it away.
1: I'll say I I I bring trash sacks with me when I go places mm-hmm. just for that. I'll take an extra 30 minutes out of my day to pick up. Yeah. And and it really really makes you mad when you go back and it's just as bad as it was
0: yeah yeah it's it's just a real shame that
1: that's a situation that we face you know and and if you confront them about hey you need to pick that up like there's signs there's like if you confront them about it most time they're not the most pleasant people yeah yeah so i i feel like it's 20 percent trying to make up for 80 i feel like it's always gonna be a overlap
0: yeah well and it's just i mean i guess that's probably just how our world works is the few making up for...
1: Yeah. Or multiple different Making ways. the many.
0: Yeah, exactly. You can take that...
1: <laughs> uh, you can take that how you want to.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's many, many avenues you can take that down.
1: We're not going down that. No.
0: Nope. Hudson got me going on the conspiracy theory kind of last time, so I need to, need to watch myself <laughs> need to, here a just little calm bit. calm yourself? Yeah, calm it down. This is a outdoors hunting and fishing situation. We don't need to... Don't need any more of that in our lives, so... <laughs> yeah but i I, hudson's mad that he's not here he wants to learn about this stuff kind of too and it is cool lane does a great job of taking people out and introducing them and
1: i i will say to people i forgot to mention this on the gear side of it yeah it just like uh most you need to fit it to your rod but like most of the time a six thousand size reel or better my personal preference is pin reels i've had a jillion of them and I still have a jillion of them. I've I've not trashed. I've trashed two pins and that was by accident.
0: Uh-huh. And they that was, just last up to the abuse and everything. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, if if you're going to go for your first couple outings, you know, you can get away with it, but if you're going to really pursue it, I would tell you right now to spend the money on the front end where you're not crying on the back end when you can't, because some of this stuff you just can't go to every tackle shop and find or Walmart, you know. So it's kind of, if you're going to buy it, you know, buy once, cry once.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Just start out, Yeah. just get it over with, Uh rip the Band-Aid off. Yeah. So, yeah, I, uh, I agree. That's the conversation we were just talking about, how, like, Kennedy, whenever she wanted a fishing pole, I was like, all right, well, you got two options if you're bass fishing with me. We can get you a spinning rod and you can learn, you know, on that and kind of always, you know, play this game. But if you're going to, I mean, if we're going to get married, we're going to be fishing a lot. I think you should, you know, consider at least starting just get the bait caster and learn on
1: it. (laughs) Baptism by fire.
0: That's right. Yep. Let's just rip the bandaid off. Let's get you dialed in with the best equipment. And then, you know, if you need a situation where you need that later, we can do that and she dove right into it and she does a great job and there's many men that kudos
1: to her she's
0: outshined it. a lot yep <laughs> it's pretty impressive so <laughs> yeah buy once cry once just get get the right gear yeah big and big stout rod
1: high pound test big weight i i will say do like if you're uh weight sensitive do like the graphite like the Pen prevails uh they have some surf rods 10 to 12 foot that are really good mm-hmm. uh my personal preference was Mead Hunter because they're fiberglass. Okay, they're made in Oklahoma. I knew. Yeah, that's I've cool. met the owners that's multiple cool. times. Uh huh. So it's it's just a personal connection for me, and that's the route I've went. Yeah. I I have plenty of graphite rods if I wanted to, but I I promise you, I'm a I'm a I'm a tackle junkie, and <laughs> uh, you know this more than anybody. Because <laughs> just last weekend I got a wild heron and went and spent. You know, two hundred dollars on two baits. So,
0: <laughs> yes, yes, you did, and I saw just a sampling of your baits today. Yeah. Whenever we went fishing,
1: yeah, and I'm and the thing of it is, I could spend six hundred dollars on a rod and reel, and I if I show up and there's a kid, all his other buddies are fishing, he don't have a fishing rod, I will give that kid that six that's the price. Yeah, go out there and take Please. kids. It's just absorbed into the technology life nowadays and it really it really hurts my heart because i know when i was a kid i didn't well i didn't have a cell phone until i was 18 oh, so yeah. <laughs> i mean I, I was i was 18
0: yeah <laughs> that is awesome
1: <laughs> and that's the only reason i had that is because i was paying for it uh-huh <laughs> you guys have walkie talkies or something oh no dude <laughs> a cb radio or you just tell them where you're gonna be at what time and you be there
0: I like it. That's why you're always early. Mm-hmm. I'm not always. I'm trying. i have been better though recently.
1: Yeah. You don't sleep through it. So
0: yeah. I was about to say I'm early when when it's hunting and fishing. I'm there yeah. early. Other thing. Well, we might be a little later. Uh we going
1: to work today? Nah. nah we can get we can show late. Yeah. No. Nah. Use some of that. Prepare the others. You know that PTO. Yes, sir. <laughs> now I got to save all that
0: PTO for our adventures. So. Uh, Well, anyway, Lane, thanks for coming on, talking some uh, Spoonbill, Paddlefish snagging. Um, We got some cool – been reaching out to some new people for guests and things. Um, Got some cool suggestions for for some suggestions for future guests. So, as always, if you've got suggestions, topics, things you want us to talk about, let us know, and uh, we'll keep working on it. So, (laughs) Try to help you with what we know. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I don't know that much, but I – know people that know more than me and know other things and i think that's really cool and so um just want to keep sharing perspectives uh teach people what all this freaking great state has to offer i mean the best I
1: texas am can a, say what it wants the oklahoma's better
0: i'm an oklahoma junkie i love this place there's so much
1: there's, there's diver- just a lot of diversity too like you go out out west in the panhandle It's flat and prairie ground You mm-hmm. go out here It's all trees and rocks and hills You go kind of hit the You know the middle of the state You know you're getting the farm yeah. Farmland and stuff Then you go hit You know the southwest corner and It's like west Texas down there
0: Yep And then you go
1: to the southeast
0: And you got alligators
1: mm-hmm. and Swamps It's like what the what The heck is going on I know Every weekend is Most of the time rode off to something Yep That's the thing of it
0: yeah, just making time for you know these activities and stuff in between other requirements. So, um, but yeah, thank you for coming on, Lane. Really appreciate it. Oh no problem. Had a good time fishing today. It was a little <laughs> bit of a skunk, but that's all right. And Can't catch him on the couch, I guess. So.
1: No, you cannot. And, oh. I, and I'll say anybody that has any questions, reach out to Glenn. There, he can reach out to me, or we yeah. can uh, we can chain mail chain mail it to somebody that knows.
0: So, yeah absolutely yeah if you got a question on anything we we at least know someone that knows something about it, yes, hunting and fishing wise. I won't say everything in the world because I'm not that smart and all my friends
1: uh,
0: I got some smart ones, but not that smart so. I'll
1: say like if we really want to, we can get them fig if I can go out and get them figured out and stuff if some of the viewers would like to come with us, yeah, we could take you out for a half day or or something <laughs> like that, yeah. If no char- Lynn gets them no dialed in, no charge to nobody. Just coming and enjoy the day. See what everybody has to offer. Do a little fellowship. That'd be awesome. We'll put it on.
0: Uh, we'll put it on our Instagram and Facebook. If if that day comes, we'll let you know. And you seriously slide up, comment, whatever. We'll give you some coordinates to meet us at. And
1: mm-hmm. we'll try oh glint tailgate this
0: kind of guy snob
1: oh my gosh Look, man where's a baloney sandwich <laughs> type of family oh i was too i'm i'm trying to trying venture to get out in. a little bit. yeah i'm trying to venture
0: out a little bit <laughs> if i got a chance to put down some ch- jalapeno cheddar worse i'm oh, gonna jump on that chance yeah. so yeah
1: you can do that with cold brewski oh, yeah man, you'd be ready to go be ready uh, to go i'd be worthless
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that's gonna be some pit stops on the way home for Lane. That's for uh, dang sure. That's
1: going there. That's going there. <laughs> when that, man's that, when that coffee, <laughs> that coffee hits, <laughs> I Feel bad for everybody.
0: <laughs> oh boy. Well, uh, yeah. Seriously, thanks for listening. You got any questions? Please reach out to us. Um, it's the springtime. We're excited uh, for a little warmer weather and just all the time to um, get out there chase spoonbill turkeys coming up bass spawns coming up man i'm excited spawn, man crappie mm-hmm. i don't do that really but lane does that you know it's just all these things um man our state has some cool stuff to just offer get out so just at least you got some time just try it did just try
1: it. just know what god gave
0: so um uh, yeah take some that's my listens awesome for us so um that's really cool and we just Again, just really appreciate everyone that listens. Hope you, hopefully, you learned something new. Maybe just about a new hobby or something cool you want to check out. And uh, be on the lookout for if Lane finds a few fish. Yeah, we'll, we, we we'll, might we'll give you a little out. taste. We'll send some photos. We might we might see what happens. So we'll have Lane. Um, do you? Have, what's the biggest one you've ever caught?
1: I think it was like one o two. One oh three. That was on an unofficial scale on the side of the river, so you know, yeah, it could all change. Plus it,
0: or minus ten it, pounds, but yeah, but a big fish.
1: Yeah, and do you have a picture of that one? Uh, I think I do. Okay,
0: well, we'll post a picture of the biggest fish that you got. Yeah, saved. I, I
1: got some good pictures, and then I got some that it, you know, yeah. so grainy and stuff. Android it, pictures. Uh, hey, hey,
0: Android There's pictures. No, those type are. Type days. <laughs> yeah that is true i mean you've been going at it from for a little while here after these things so anyway yeah we appreciate everyone that listened and uh we'll catch you next week peace out